welcome to the Damn Woods Wednesday guest podcast. This is about the 15th intro. I've got JP here. Uh, he is a promoter, producer, and DJ in Chicago. Yay! And uh, that's that's a fairly interesting thing. And frankly, uh, I wanted to talk about disco and house music on the show for once. Yay! Here we are. I love those things. I'm so glad I, that I coincidentally happened to be here. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a coincidence and not on purpose. Mm-mm. Um, so this last weekend, like the 12th, I believe, just just to date the recording audibly. Uh, Friday the 12th. Friday the 12th. Um, not the 13th, which is very important. Yes. A new holiday, a new, a new, um, what are they called? Suburban legend. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Life is, uh, life is pain. So you threw an event. Uh, and it was a retro disco or 80s disco, 80s house event. Tell me about that. Okay. So I did this party at the campus of the Illinois Institute of Technology, where I'm a student. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was to commemorate, to mark, to observe, to repudiate uh, the 40th anniversary of Disco Demolition which uh, happened on July 12th, 1979. So uh, I, you might recall that that was the the thing where they they had uh, Comiskey Park, the White Sox Stadium, filled up with uh, fucking meatheads who were chanting Disco sucks and breaking records. I believe Disco does in fact not suck. So I brought, yeah, thank you. Uh, I brought some, uh, some Disco DJs. Well, I brought a bunch of DJs uh, to my campus, set them up with that party and, uh, uh, had them throw some disco records, and it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's rad. Uh, I think in the U.S. especially, uh, disco gets a bad rap, mm-hmm. mostly because I I would say, like, the, the, uh, the nature of, like, when a genre catches on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it catches, like, the pop virus mm-hmm. and spreads that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, dis- it happened to disco. It definitely happened to uh, disco in a big way. But like in in Europe and other countries uh, that were not the U.S., disco flourished without that. Yes. And uh, it became a lot of different things. And in America, it became what, like house uh, and other uh, garage and shit like that. Uh, yeah. But in, in, in Europe's and shit like that, it, it just straight up stayed disco. Yeah, like they were like, much. "Hey, what if we just kept doing this, everybody?" Yeah, uh, they, and then they we seem to have a good time with it. Yeah, and we were blessed with the the wonder and joy that was Italo disco, which we can all agree is one of the best kinds of dance music. I love it, dude. Uh, who among us doesn't? Guaranteed, one hundred percent. If you're exposed to enough of it, you'll start liking it. Yeah, listeners. Yeah. Even if you don't like dance music, you trust me here. Trust your boy Jake from the damn woods. He knows. I, I mean, I can't disagree with that. Your uh, disco demolition was a thing that happened. You commemorated the event by fucking having a fun disco show. Yeah. Um, how was the uh, how'd the show go? And I guess like uh, what kind of uh, I guess uh, did you have any any DJs you want to promote or anything like that while we're here? Uh. Huh. To our th- to our three and a half thousand listeners, no big deal. Oh my goodness! 
Yeah, I know oh, okay, it's fucking yeah. retarded. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not not to say that your listeners are uh, retarded uh, because they're no. clearly uh, you know they're intelligent they're, 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 and they're, sexy. There are men and women of of culture and sophistication. They are. Yes. Uh, okay, so I I had a four hour event, uh, mm-hmm. and so I had four groups of disco uh, of, of DJs come. One of them was a duo. The other three were just you know a s- solo effort. Uh, and I'm just going to talk about all of them. Uh, Go for so it, man. There's this duo uh, from Chicago called Le Freak. Uh, obviously referencing the song by Sheik from, I think, 77 mm-hmm. or 78. Uh, yep. And they have been, they've got like a residency at a bar. They do a once a month show uh, where they, they're they like all vinyl and they play like a lot of classic disco from the 70s and, uh, and, and some of the early 80s stuff. Like I've heard uh, White Horse, they played White Horse. Oh, wow. Yeah, White Horse Rules. I love that record. Um, Dude, it's fucking great. Yeah. Uh, that's but, the intro song, by the way. We're we're making that happen. <laughs> I'm down. That fuck yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So they're uh, a couple of a couple of Chicago folks, and they they spin classic disco records. Uh, my second DJ uh, is this dude from South Bend, Indiana, which is like. Really, it's pretty close to Chicago. I really wanted to focus on Chicago area people because the history of disco demolition as a, a Chicago event that affected the world. Uh, I wanted to focus on Chicago people, uh, and also I didn't want to pay for anybody's airfare because that would have just been like way more hassle. Uh, yeah, that's no, fair. Yeah. Um, so I got this dude from uh, South Bend, Indiana. Uh, his name is Aloisio. And he performs as he Valencia, and I kind of like he's he's definitely like a Twitter buddy, and we like mm-hmm. joke back and forth a lot. Mostly, I reply guy his mentions honestly, uh, to nice. which he responds invariably with an L M F A O O O O O O O O O, you know whatever. Thank God. Yeah. That, God bless it. Really, yeah, a, a real trooper uh, puts up mm-hmm. with me. Um, <laughs> so he's actually his. Focus seems to be a lot more on like contemporary techno, electro, and house stuff. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I, I wanted to offer it to him because we're kind of internet buddies, and like I kind of mm. wanted to see like what would a techno person's idea of disco be? Because I take a very, I take a very broad view of like mm-hmm. disco and dance music. Oh, uh, certainly. Yeah. And I, I really didn't want to just hear, like, four hours of Diana Ross. Like, I love no. Diana Ross, but if I hear, if I listen to, f- <laughs> I might listen to four hours of Diana Ross on headphones at home alone, but I'm not going to make other people do that. No. So he they- came, he came and he played uh, some a little more, uh, like, out of the mainstream stuff, like left field disco. I think he played some African stuff, because, uh, like, African Jeez. disco was, like, its its whole... Because like, like the the, the weird, the, the like back and forth between the states and Africa musically has been interesting for you know literally five hundred years. Uh, although mm-hmm. for a while it was kind of a one way relationship. Um, uh, yeah. But after like recording technology happened, and then like 
uh, like all, all this African music happened like as a response to James Brown. That's really sure. interesting. Uh, African jazz is really cool. African dance music, African house music. There's a huge house music scene in South Africa right now that like yeah. really has. I mean, its... fucking. No, what you're saying? Go. Oh no, there's like uh, fucking of all things like black metal and death metal have scenes in Africa now. Oh yeah, Botswana's got like a huge metal scene. It's awesome. It's wild as shit. Yeah, seems cool. Um, yeah, it's le- legit. Like it's it's one of those things where uh, you know fucking uh, mu- music is the 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 language of humans or some such hippie bullshit. Um, yeah, yeah, but, but it, it's fucking. Go it, ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, no. It's it's one of those situations where like even when they phrase it kind of obnoxiously, the hippies are totally right. Yep, it's yeah. unfortunate. We have to give it to them this time. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> okay, so I had yeah. uh, he Valencia, and he played some more kind of like left field, uh, overseas stuff. I think he played some Japanese records because they have like oh, their wow. whole idea of disco. And I kind of I know mm-hmm. I know that he, the way he kind of thinks about music is, I, I wouldn't want to say that he's a hipster because that could be seen as like pejorative. But he's um, no no he's. He's like digging a little bit deeper, and he mm-hmm. he he likes to do. He talks a lot about like crate digging and like finding new stuff, and like the whole curatorial role of the DJ. He seems to be all about that, so I wanted him to bring that energy. Very cool. And he like did exactly that, and it was great. Uh, so he played records for an hour, uh, and then this dude uh, Brian Borden, uh, who performs under his actual name Brian Borden, uh, mm-hmm. he's like. Uh, He's like an old school Chicago house DJ, and he's been throwing records since like the mid '80s. Uh, Jesus, yeah. So he's like a friend of a friend. So I, I kind of knew him through my social network. Nice. Uh, so I, I asked him to come play, and uh, and he he <laughs> he showed up with this like giant stack of forty fives. Oh man! Like seven inch records, and just like I I I knew that like he had the deep knowledge. And he just like, yeah, he, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he came and just like ripped through all these forty fives. Uh, That's rad. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, and like, I, 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 yeah, I wasn't paying attention for all the sets so much because I like because I organized the party. I had to like come, I had to like talk to everyone that came. Yeah, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But he definitely played like. Uh, a lot of a lot of older stuff, a lot of seventies stuff. It was really cool, but like not not like big hits that I knew, but like stuff I'd never heard, which was really interesting. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, his set was really fun. And then the last DJ was this dude Harry Cross, who is this. Uh, uh, he he does the he, he plays around. He's another Chicago dude. He plays around Chicago and he plays at like Smart Bar and some of those like club places but kind of what he does mostly is uh as far as i can gather he's like a bathhouse dj and i i don't know i don't know maybe some of the td dubs listeners aren't familiar with bathhouse culture uh i am not also um i'm i'm very alaskan so please feel free to elaborate (laughs) okay uh so in like in the mid twentieth century, when you were a yeah. dude and you wanted to meet other dudes, especially mm-hmm. other dudes that wanted to meet other dudes, ah uh, uh, yes, possibly <laughs> in a in a situation where you're all 
naked? You Ooh. would go to the bathhouse. Yes. Yeah. So okay. the, yeah, that's that's what I assumed, but yeah. wasn't sure. Yeah. Because I I the idea of a bathhouse DJ is kind of a confusing one. Yeah. <laughs> but like a lot of the bathhouses like had dance floors and clubs attached to them. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. This I guess this the ones that still exist do. Uh, there was one that like opened up uh, to the not to the public like you had to be 21 but uh, a lot yeah. of the bathhouses uh and I, this was never really like my scene but like i kind of like knew sure. people who were into it so uh, a lot of the bathhouses for a long time they had this very exclusionary policy where only men could get in you like they would not allow women mm-hmm. in the door like at all um mm-hmm. but this one called man's country in chicago Ooh. Yes. Uh, they, they did a couple of parties uh, a few winters ago where, like, yeah, you, if you're 21, you can get in. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, all the, all the femmes, all the, all the transgender folks, all the everyone, all the everyone uh, were allowed in, and they threw a couple parties. So I actually got to go into one of these places. Uh, and so you go in, and there's, like, a locker room. And there's like a, I think there was a small pool, and there was like a there was like a, a bunch of saunas, but like a big section was just like these uh, small rooms uh, that like you get you get a key to a room, you have to pay like a few bucks like by the hour for a key to the room, and they're all like you know six feet by ten feet and have a cot. Mm, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You got mm-hmm. that. Uh, but like on the floor above that. There was, like, the dance floor and the bar and the stage and the DJ booth and all that. So they had, like, disco and house music going up there. Whole place pretty much smelled like a locker room uh, mm-hmm. and, like, old old beer, like a frat house. Like a cross between a locker room and a frat house. It was pretty gross. Terrifying. Yeah, it was, it was actually pretty nasty. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> Like it was a, it, that's like kind of what it had to be. So I'm like glad right. that that's what it was. And it was just like this place that like clearly hadn't been remodeled since like 1972. Jesus. Yeah. So it it was like kind of nasty, but it was also kind of awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have good news for you. If you ever visit Alaska, most of our bars haven't been remodeled since 1972 too. So if you're into that, that's a thing you'll get to experience up here one day. Um, you know, inshallah. Do you plan to have f- further events like this? Okay, so this was like the first party I ever threw that was like Woo. bigger than my own apartment, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I would do Was it more event. successful than your apartment raves? Yes. And by, I've never had a rave in my apartment, honestly. Look, you know, I mean, whatever you want to call it. Okay, yeah. Uh... Yeah, I think I would do another party again. Uh, I don't have any immediate plans to do another party. Uh, a pe- people have already asked me, are you going to do... Oh, by the way, my mm-hmm. party was called Disco Reconstruction. Oh, very, very nice. Thank you. That's, um, uh, did anyone get it? Uh, my landlady got it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the the by way of background, the individual who plays the character of the landlady in my like mm-hmm. internal psychodrama is uh, 
a friend of mine that uh, I was sharing an apartment with, and then uh, she got a life insurance payout because her mom passed. So then she bought a house. So I started living in that house with her. Uh, well, nice. Yeah. And she designed the flyer, uh, the, the artwork, with it, which you may have seen uh, I did. On, on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's a... She's and, a your, and your vast Instagram presence also. My massive Instagram presence of i think i had about 50 <laughs> followers at one point look out yeah well, I, i'm an but yeah no so I'm an sorry you were saying i'm an influencer Influ- yeah you are a, a chicago area influencer and that is how it works now i guess this is now you just have to get into the multi-level marketing uh, fuck yeah um my brain pills buy my brain pills buy brain pills fuckos buy, buy brain pills from jp <laughs> 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 he has almost a whole uh, engineering degree <laughs> hell yeah yeah dude engineering that's science bud fucking that's, trust that guy absolutely um don't worry that they're made out of compressed sawdust uh because mm-hmm. they are trees are good for you trees give us oxygen and they have sap and everyone, they're natural everyone knows that there there's nothing there's nothing dangerous that ever came from a plant would you like a cup of hemlock no. tea <laughs> Plants are safe across the board, and poison oh. isn't real. <laughs> this is another one of my problems with hippies. <laughs> uh, the organic culture thing? Yeah, the all-natural, the cult of all-natural. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all these plants are... Okay, calm down, Chief. Some of these plants will kill you. Absolutely. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to It's okay to say that. Don't worry, everybody. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, like, anyone who's, like... We don't have a whole, like the hippies up here are um, a specific brand of hippie in okay. that they don't poison themselves well, uh, I, okay. on, on the various wild plants. Thank my, God. My hypothesis is that the hippies that go to Alaska uh, uh-huh. to do dumb shit die pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably true. Um, a lot of them just end up like, I think, I, I have a theory that they... We have bluegrass festivals all summer. Oh, cool. Um, and, like, across the state. And I theorize that the festivals are, like, tiny microcosms that, like, open and close after after they're done. Yeah. And the hippies just stay in them. Oh. Um, like, they, they, they vanish from our reality into another plane of nothing but bluegrass. Okay. Well, that's a good mm-hmm. place for them, I guess. No, it fits them. It's yeah. nice. Um. I remember the first time I went to a bluegrass festival up here, I was a teenager. I was a young teen. I was like 14, 15. Uh-huh. And I had never uh, been around... Actually, I'm trying to think. Had I been around pot? Uh-huh. I had not really been around enough marijuana to identify it by smell. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was and just... I was like, man, this festival smells weird. Yeah, I have a, a similar story, but it, it was like going to White Castle. Okay. There's a white castle near my house where I grew up. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just thought that the burgers, something about the way they grilled the onions or whatever, <laughs> they had they had that smell to them. So I mm-hmm. would, when I like got a little older, but like still didn't know that that's what weed smelled like, I would smell <laughs> it and I'd be like, somebody's eating white castle. <laughs> <laughs> that is spectacular. God damn it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's, it's Christ crazy. on sale. Yeah. 
pretty wonderful. So, um, I guess uh, so you also are a fucking a radio DJ. Oh uh, yeah, and you host you host beef with JP. Sorry, what? Listen, you host. Uh, sorry, you host beef with JP. Yeah, I host beef You're- with JP. You are the titular JP in this case. I am. I have. I have the titular and the title line in Star Wars. <laughs> you have the title. You have the titular line in and, Out of Africa. And <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and you owe me a million dollars. One million dollars. I'm just so tired of all this traffic, <laughs> listeners. The five of you that get that, shout out to you. What's up? Um. The rest of you, go watch Upright Citizens Brigade from the 90s immediately. Over and over again. Uh, I, man, let me tell you, I was, I, I went out and uh, I saw my folks this week and I was like, I was talking about uh, Star Wars with my dad because he's a, you know, he's also a big dork. And uh-huh. I was like, have you ever seen the old UCB sketch about the titular line in Star Wars? And he was like, <laughs> No. And I was like, that's reasonable because you're my dad. Right. But let me go get an iPad immediately <laughs> so I can show you this. So then I just I spent like a good 30 minutes showing my dad UCB sketches on YouTube. And he was just like, what the fuck is this? And I'm just like, it's brilliant comedy from the 90s. <laughs> that's pretty much like my dad's reaction when I made him watch Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my I think- folks, I, I accidentally got my folks to enjoy Squidbillies. Oh, okay, cool. Anyway, uh, so tell us, or tell tell me and the listeners about your radio, your wonderful radio show. Oh, okay. Huh. Uh, so Beef with JP is an invitation to fight me. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just student radio on, I, I go to IIT, so WIIT is our student radio station. We have this rinky-dink little 20-watt transmitter and a stream, uh, a web stream thing, and, uh, I'm actually the program manager for the station now, so I do all the scheduling and I have to set up the automation every day. So if you ever try to listen to WIIT radio on the internet and it's not working, it's probably my fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I forgot to like push the button for the day or whatever. Um, nice. so I, um, I just play, I play music that I like. Uh, I've been kind of trying more to DJ cohesive sets and not just play clips off of YouTube, which was my first show was called ants in your pants, basically because mm-hmm. I was too lazy to think of a name. Um, yeah. Where I, I would just like play songs off YouTube, uh, but then when I when I did beef, it was more focused on actually trying to develop my skill as a DJ. Uh, so it was basically an excuse to like put together. It was like a motivational thing, uh, really, for me to to bother practice DJing and to develop a set and to actually spend some time in a studio working with the equipment. Because the radio station has, like, two Technics turntables and a decent mixer and CDJs. Uh, uh, I, I have some of that stuff at home that I went out and bought, um, but mm-hmm. their, their, their shit is nicer. Uh, nice. uh, I have the CDJ that plays just a CD, not a USB stick. So when I want to play digital file music at home, I actually have to burn it onto a goddamn CDR. It's Ooh. really tedious. So basically what uh, I started 
for a while I was like suffering under the delusion that I would burn my entire <laughs> library of music to CDs. And Ooh. then I realized that no, I was in fact not the fuck going to do that. Goddamn. No. 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 That is uh that is an awful idea. Yeah. With the radio show and yeah. house music in general in in Chicago, like how since Chicago is like the one of the two epicenters of house music in America, is it still like has it remained that way? There, okay. I mean, given that you've, given that you're able to like source house and disco DJs on the fly like this, I'd yeah. imagine a little bit at least. Oh yeah, um, so it's not like the hippest, hottest thing with the kids and the teens these days. No. Um. Well, I mean, Chicago hip hop, Chicago rap is kind of a big sure. deal nationally and globally. So right. there's definitely a lot of bars and clubs that cater to that scene, which of course mm-hmm. there is, and of course there's always going to be, and of course there should be. Yeah. Um, sure. There's two or three or four clubs around town that really focus on uh, not EDM per se, but dance music, which happens to be electronic. You understand what how I'm trying to make a difference there? Sort of, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like when you when when I when somebody says EDM, I think like Steve Aoki, and I also like want. Oh want, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that! I hate mm-hmm. that garbage. No, no. Um, no, no. We yeah. I, I think most of our listeners are are well versed enough to to understand that like EDM as a when when promoters like big promoters say EDM, they mean generic electronic stuff when yeah. everyone else says it it means uh a billion different genres <laughs> yeah exactly okay fair um <laughs> no there's there's a couple of clubs uh that still cater to like dance music as an entity in chicago uh in the states generally mm-hmm. da- dance music as like formalized dance music is underground in a way that it just isn't in the uk or or in mainland europe where it's like very much part of the mainstream um, right. So, like, I guess in New York, there's a lot of, like, licensed clubs. There's a lot of different clubs that you can go to to, like, hear techno and stuff like that. Uh, oh, my yeah. understanding is that in L.A., it's, like, a lot of underground warehouse raves. Chicago oh, cool. is kind of in the middle. I've never been to L.A., so it's, like, I, I, I heard a podcast once, and that's what I don't even said. know if L.A. is real. I don't acknowledge it. I... I'm also, Mm-mm. we're on the same page there. Anyway, so Chicago kind of has a mix where there are some kind of underground events, but there are like some bigger clubs that are like licensed and actually have liquor licenses and stuff like that. Also, oh, wow. there's like a big Burning Man presence in Chicago. Huh. Yeah. Um, and it's like a little obnoxious because like... Well, it's, it's Burning Man. It's Burning Man and it's kind of like a cookie cutter... It's like a franchise subculture, and even though like a, a lot of the people that I know involved in Burning Man in Chicago are super cool, and I like them a lot, yeah. um, it's just that this thing that they're obsessed with, I think, is like a little bit lame, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but, the, you know, uh, and there are, of course, shitty burners that are just terrible, and there's definitely some terrible burner parties that I hope never to go to again. Not going to name any sure. names. 
Um, that I mean, you know, such I that is the that is the reason for different parties for different different people enjoy different things. Blah yeah, blah blah. Yeah, you know, but Burning Man is like huge, and those folks, it is those kids have money. Some of them, some of those, some kids, of them do. Yeah, not all of them, but the ones that have money, they kind of do carry it. Uh, they they the the parties they put out are mm. high production values. I guess you'd say. Sure. It's just like I mean, you know, I would imagine. <laughs> it's it's just like it, if you have a if you have a DJ playing music, please stop interrupting the DJ every forty five minutes so that somebody can like light a hula hoop on fire and spin around for ten minutes. Shit's annoying. Um, I hate you that. can. I mean, honestly, you could probably do it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, Those can be mutual, not exclusionary. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't see. I don't. Yeah, exactly. I, I definitely subscribe to the view that a dance party should focus on music and have da- give dancers space to dance. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, Chicago area DJ Eris Drew, who is worth paying attention to for your listeners, mm-hmm. uh, look her up. Okay. She's great. Um, she just did an interview a few days ago where she talks a lot about this. She's like kind of on this tip about like uh rave music as like a a, a spiritual spirituality expression an expression of spirituality uh which is interesting i'm not like trying to hey you know i'm not trying to whatever man yeah i'm not trying to co-sign that manifesto but like i think that the way she talks about it is pretty interesting um Yeah. yeah um what was the question i don't remember i started talking about burning man i it's okay. I have also forgotten. I, I was I was wondering if, if, if house was still as prevalent in oh, Chicago yeah. that, as given that it's spawned from there. Yeah. So there's two or three big things that I should talk about uh, as far as Chicago house music, as far as like Go major events. Um, so the first is the Chicago House Music Festival, which Jeez. takes place in Millennium Park, which is the big park right in downtown uh, on Memorial Day or the w- Memorial Day weekend every year, and that's a big deal. Uh, I went this year to hand out flyers for Disco Reconstruction, and there were you know thousands of people there. And there were like they had like th- at least three different stages set up, or four different stages set up uh, with like, different types, subgenres, DJs going simultaneously. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think the the last one they had going was Gantman who isn't, strictly speaking, a house DJ. It's like a footwork thing, which is like this oh, cool. Chicago regional kind of... That's uh, uh, Juke, right? It's Yeah, it's like a it's like a Juke. I mean, it's like Juke, Jit, uh, Ghetto Tech, Hip Hop. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like somewhere in between all of these things. Nice. It's, it's very of the moment. It's very contemporary. It's really fun. Uh, I can't dance mm-hmm. to it. It's, it's too fast for me. It tires no. me out too much. I'm old. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Understandable. Really fucking cool. <laughs> like really good uh, uh, footwork dancers are awesome. They're insane. Yeah, they're great. Um, uh, so the that the was... guy who introduced me to house up here, like house that wasn't just hyper generic, was also the guy who introduced me to Juke and Jit. Oh, cool, cool, cool. That's neat. yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, so that's one. Uh, two is um, the Chosen Few Festival which happens every year in Jackson Park. 
uh, at the end of June sometime, uh, and I managed to make it down there this year. I had never gone before. Uh, I wish I'd gotten there earlier in the day, but that's another matter. Um, sure. And that is tens of thousands of people, uh, and it's. I, I guess it started off sometime in the 80s as just like uh, a, a small group of friends that were house DJs playing records in the park. Because you can do that in Chicago. I think I could be remembering it wrong, but you can like set up a sound system under X number of watts. I think it's like 100 watts, uh, hmm. which is a pretty big sound system. And like, yeah. and you can have like 100 people attending your event in a public park uh, as long as that part of the park is not reserved for another purpose uh, without, without a permit. Oh my, that's awesome. Yeah. So I think that this started out like that and now it's just like this huge basically it's like a 10 it's like a 20,000 person family reunion or however it's in the five figures. I don't know how many. Holy shit. It's 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 more than 10,000 people. And so yeah. I I went that year and it's like 98% black, which is mm -hmm. awesome actually. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, it was really fucking cool. Uh so it was just like all all the black frats, like uh, the Kappas and the I don't I don't know I don't remember all the because like the whole world of like Greek um, uh, black fraternal culture is like its own thing that's kind of impenetrable to me, but it's like this very middle class black people thing, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it was it was awesome. It was just like a big picnic, and you could like you like have to pay a fee to like set up a table in the area where you can set up a table and a grill or whatever. But, you know, if general admission was like 40 bucks, which was like oh, kind of a lot, but whatever, the production values are really high. Fun as hell. Yeah. Um, they had a bunch of DJs being cool, playing a lot of old school house music. Uh, it was mm -hmm. definitely like the deep house, soulful house kind of a crowd. Oh, cool. A um, lot of uh, uh, what they call the, like all the DJs were using the the lollipop, which is the uh, the single cupped headphone, mm. which is like I've never seen anyone do that except for like forty uh, five year old black guys who are house DJs that spin exclusively deep and or soulful house. <laughs> it's like very it's like very niche for like that it's a, that thing. it's a classic move. Yeah, totally. God, that's wild. Um, but that that's was cool. That was really cool. The third party that happens in Chicago happens every Sunday. Uh, it happens at Smart Bar, which is like two blocks from Wrigley Field, uh, and it's called Queen. And it's this kind of small crew of Chicago house DJs. Uh, I think every almost every week Michael Serafini is there and he owns Gramophone Records in uh Uptown, not Uptown in Lakeview, uh up on Clark Street. And so he knows like pretty much everything about house music. He's there every week. I think Derek Carter is there twice a month and he's like on that tier of like uh jet setting traveling to like flying to England every week to play in Manchester or whatever to spin in Manchester he's on like that tier of the DJ circuit Jesus. where he sure you know, he's going to San Francisco I follow him on Twitter so he's always like talking about places he's going or whatever um, right so he's there that's twice, pretty wild yeah he's there twice a month and that party is hosted by 
uh, a crew of drag queens, and Jesus. it is it is it is the gayest party I've ever been to. It oh, hence awesome. the name. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, my brain was just like, yeah, this makes sense now. Yeah. Yes. So you go to that party. You go down into the basement because it's in a basement, and you step down mm-hmm. into this other world, and it's. Everyone is either not everyone, obviously, but mm-hmm. everyone is either like a drag queen in full drag, or like uh, a shirtless guy with a leather harness on, and Jesus. everyone is dancing to house music. Well, I mean, you know, I'd imagine you wouldn't go there unless you were into house music. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And it's insanely fun and i try to go every couple of months or so i I don't always make it you know but i I try to go occasionally i definitely don't go every week that's like kind of it would be nuts to go every week but there's definitely people who go there yeah um yeah and it's like ten dollars it's like a really cheap party to get into and it goes till four tight jesus yeah it goes ten to four and like no one's there before (laughs) People don't really show up until midnight. Like, that's when the line huh. forms outside. I mean, that's it makes sense, I guess. That is yeah. uh, still fucking 10 to 4. Good Lord. Yeah, it rules. I, I love uh, it. I'm old. Um, so that 4, like, you know, being at a party at 4 a.m. thing, my God. You can accomplish anything with the power of amphetamines. That's true. That's very true. That is uh, highly accurate. Some Several of our listeners... <laughs> Are uh, enthusiasts, yeah, and uh, man, not for me. Not a fan of uppers. Uh, it turns out, but it's good to know. Uh, for those of you that are, hey, you know what? You can go to a house party or a house music uh, event in Chicago until yeah. four a.m. if you want. I uh, I I usually just um, I I have like a nine p.m. double shot of espresso. That's my typical move. Nice. Yeah. Because, uh, cause, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't do drugs. drugs. Yeah, no. Drugs are bad. Um, drugs are, well, you know, depends on the drug, honestly. Um, but, uh, we, uh, our listeners are mature adults who, uh, a lot of them are, you know, they, they have adventures, uh, with substances and, you know, we recognize that. Use responsibly, um, all that, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, we, you'll never hear us, uh, you know. Giving the the standard GI Joe drug PSA, um, Pensler film. Just don't do the ones that are from sketchy people. Like that's the that's the key here. Is like if your if your dealer uh, looks like he might also stab and rob you, <laughs> don't don't do the chemical he hands you. While you may be tempted to eat that random pill you find on the sidewalk, maybe mm, also that maybe don't. <laughs> Or at least uh, I, I look recognize, it up on, you know, at least look it up yeah. online first. You know, take a picture of it, go to the internet, dig around, and then do it. Um, yeah, if, no, that's fucking. And if Jesus. you ever, if you ever find a small green pill in the shape of Homer Simpson from that one episode where Homer takes acid and is melting away, um, a classic episode, yeah, by the way. If you ever find that that. That little green pill, um, take two of them. Okay, noted. And your face will melt off. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Anyway. Um, 
man, also, fucking shout out to that Simpsons episode. Uh, classic yeah. era. Fucking That's A. They were, they were still good then. Um, I can, I can but hear we're, I'm going to go ahead and... Good. I am glad to hear it. It is probably my internet being shitty because a wildfire happened and our local internet people are fucking insane. Um, it's three angry squirrels uh, moving packets to the ocean. Um, they should, so they should put uh, wildfires in Dwarf Fortress. I pretty fucking sh- like. Is there not wildfire? Is there not like a fucking like? Hey, well, shits on fire in Dwarf Fortress. Well, there is a lot of shits. So that's like the whole point of Dwarf Fortress is shit. I being mean, on yeah. fire. But like, you can right. start a fire outside, but there aren't like lightning strikes that start fires in Dwarf Fortress. So well, I'm, fucking hey, there should be. Come on, Dwarf Fortress guy. Come on, get on it. Come on, <laughs> make the game slightly harder. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Jesus Christ, uh, you know it's coming to Steam, right? I I did see that. I did see that. Like he's got his own his own tile set and everything they're designing, which I mean, I'm sure will uh, be decried by many of the players <laughs> because tile sets. Come on. I mean, I've what actually, are you a fucking casual? <laughs> I've actually never played Dwarf Fortress with an imported tile set, um, but Ooh. you know, I—that's because I'm too lazy to install one. Hey, that's fair. Yeah, I cannot play Dwarf Fortress without a tile set because my brain goes no. Uh, <laughs> um, that's funny, uh, listeners. If you have not played Dwarf Fortress with a tile set, please let us know. Um, Call it don't. Now. I'm actually not that curious. Uh, Dwarf Fortress is a terrifying and bizarre, uh, you know, real life dwarf simulator. You will lose weeks of your life, years even. Uh, yeah. Um, one of our one of our friends uh, referred to it as you know getting an associate's degree in Dwarf Fortress. Um, <laughs> was the the college thing there? I'm going to tell an employer at some point that I have a bachelor's degree in Kerbal Space Program. I mean. Honestly, just to just be like, as I, I've got, uh, you know, I have a lot of project management experience. Uh, I have quelled a number of elephant rebellions. <laughs> JP, thanks for coming on. That was a fun show. Yeah. Where can listeners find your your stuff? I have a SoundCloud. I don't really have much on it right now. Uh, okay. Uh, my, my SoundCloud name is Upper Crust, so you can find me on SoundCloud as Upper Crust. I, 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 I haven't looked for me. I don't know how easy it is. I'm on Twitter at okay. JP underscore BSE. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Disco Reconstruction, all one word. Uh, and I'm on WIIT Student Radio every Monday, 3 p.m. Central Time, American. Uh, and the web stream for that is radio.iit.edu. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Um, listeners, check us out uh, Friday and Monday, the usual times. And check us out on YouTube on Thursdays uh, for more of us playing Grand Strategy Games poorly. Thank you for coming on the show. Listeners, thank you for listening. And goodbye. I love you. I love you, too. Hugs. If you want to write... Don't ride the white horse